Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 72 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I don't have a whole lot of things uh, to, to tell you guys. We've got a ton going on over here, but not a lot that you need to know about just yet. Um, a couple of things you do need to know about, however, are... Number one, the Performance Climbing Coach Seminar dates have just been released for our first date of the year, and that's going to be April 6th through 8th in Columbia, Maryland, and if you're not familiar, I've talked about it before, that's with uh, Steve Bechtel and Charlie Manganello of Climbstrong, Neely Quinn from Training Beta, and Tyler Nelson from Camp 4 Human Performance. Uh, we'll all be presenting and coaching. That's going to be in Columbia, Maryland, April 6th to 8th. And if you register before February 22nd, you can save 100 bucks. Uh, visit performanceclimbingcoach.com for more info and to get registered. And there are limited spots, so you should go get your registrations now. That will fill up for sure. Also, uh, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. I mentioned that in the last episode. We're getting that started. That's one of Nate's big goals for the year is to have that newsletter running. So you can do that in your show notes right there in your podcast app, or you can go to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the banner at the top of the page. While you're there, buy some shit. Why not? Support the podcast. So sign up for that newsletter. Also, Nate's going to be in Waco um, end of this month all the way through February and he's available for private sessions while he's in Waco. So if you're interested in getting out with Nate for a couple of days, having him look at your movement, your tactics, and talk to you about those things, uh, hit me up through the website. Go to the website, powercompanyclimbing.com, click on that contact button and shoot me a message. Uh, I want to jump into this thing kind of quick today. This was one of the early conversations um, that I just sort of jumped into without really knowing much about the person I was talking to. And um, I had seen her name on the internet. I had, I had seen her out at the boulders once or twice and um, just felt like she would be a really great person to talk to. And uh, we recorded a year ago. So um, last December, um, December 2016, I guess that was. Um, so it's been a little bit. And since then, I've gotten to climb with her a little more. And I think this conversation um, really rings true of some things that she's uh, been working through herself. And the she that I keep referring to is Marina Inouye. She is a tattoo artist, uh, five foot two, ridiculously strong and ridiculously positive climber uh, that I feel pretty lucky to have been able to climb around. And if you've gotten to climb around her as well, you know what I mean. 
And uh, something she wrote the summer after we talked on her Facebook, I think really sums this up and, and is how I would like to get started with this conversation. Uh, Marina wrote, This past year has been the turning point in my climbing, where 99% of the time, I just can't accept my diminutive height as an excuse for failure anymore. Maybe don't know. This time, this time, this time, this time. You're only, like 99% of the time, you're not too short to do a move. You're just not strong enough. And you can't get taller, but you can always get stronger. This time, this time, power. Power. This time, the bill. in this rig um since september so not that long we bought it in the beginning of the summer but we've only been in it since september what's the uh how's climbing changed for you since you've been on the road permanently this is the second time i've been on the road for a long period of time um this time it's a little different because the last time i was on the road by myself um but now I'm traveling with my boyfriend, Nick. So that definitely changes the dynamic yeah. in, in a good way. I mean, you always have a climbing partner. It's way less lonely. Yeah, no um, doubt. Yeah. But How long were you on the road by yourself? Uh, like about six months. I think that's a pretty cool undertaking. How old were you? 28. 20, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty badass. It was awesome. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Waco Tanks first. I bounced back between... My boyfriend, Nick, was living in Colorado, so I bounced back mm-hmm. between Colorado for like a week or so and then went to Waco and then went back to Colorado, went to Vegas, back to Colorado, went to the new. And oh, then, wow. Mm-hmm. Jumped way over. Yeah, way over. I went to the new <clears throat> for the spring um, for a month and some change. So cool. There, there are so great. many things just about this that I want to ask you. <laughs> so when you first went out onto the road, was mm-hmm. there like a, were, were people around you afraid for you or anything like that? Um, so I hear that from, especially from girls sometimes that their parents are like, you can't go out on the road by yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was that by the time I decided to do it, I was 28. It's like, yeah kind of old you know yeah i mean relatively speaking to you know it's not like i was just out of high school (laughs) right you know um i was an adult yeah you were a job you know yeah and so my parents were definitely kind of nervous about it but they're pretty they're pretty bohemian you know and pretty understanding and they're not conventional or conservative at all so they were right supportive i think my mom was a little nervous you know and kind of didn't quite understand what i was trying to do but they were mostly pretty supportive about it yeah Yeah. and the new why the new because that's like (laughs) if there was one place that i would tell a a small climber to not go (laughs) be the new be the new It's the reachiest. Um, it's the best rock climbing in America. It's so good. It's so good. It's really good. Well, when I first started climbing, I lived in Richmond, Virginia. So the new was like the local crag being four and a half hours away. It was the closest. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I learned how to climb, learned how to sport climb. And it's just the best, you know. I mean, yeah. the West is great and being able to travel everywhere climb a bunch of different places 
is awesome, but the new is always going to be my number one favorite place. Yeah, and if you can live there and cherry pick the good days, it's a really, oh, really amazing place. It's if you travel there, you incredible. might get rained out a lot. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I it's like anywhere in the southeast, you know, as yeah. we're currently experiencing. Yeah. It can be wet, but um, yeah, the new is Richie. It, it's it can be hard for sure, but mm-hmm. it's the best rock. It's the best. Climbing, I think it's my favorite place. So let's just start there. There's a few things I want to talk to you about. Sure. Um, But let's just start there because since the news known to be Mm Ricci and you're a small climber, Mm -hmm. how tall are you? I'm 5'2 and some change. Yeah. Wingspan. Negative. Yeah. Yeah. I I have short arms. Yeah. Pretty short. (laughs) So are there tricks you employ, like either physical or mental things that you've just kind of take into heart and things that you carry with you when you go climbing? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, as a short person, if you're going to be ruled by your height, you're going to have a bad time climbing. And it's not to say that I haven't had moments where I've seen somebody do something in a way that's so easy for them. That is so hard for me because I'm short and not had for sure. Like, a moment of internal combustion. (laughs) Like, oh my God, this is such a different rock climb for me. But, you know, I think especially this year, this fall specifically being there for the longest that I've ever been there. um, One, I learned to look at reachy, like notoriously reachy roots as a challenge. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, tall people don't have a problem with it, but how cool would it be to do it as a short person, you know, to kind of like break that, break that mold, break that like, you know, stereotype or people always say, I've never been on it. You, sh- you can't do it because you're short. That's yeah. like not really, I don't know. It's nice to approach that as a challenge rather as like something to stay away from kind of. No, I think that's a really good idea. I think, yeah. I think ultimately that's the place Every every climber should be about things that they think don't fit them. Sure, you know, and I. But I, it's tough. I hear so many short folks, guys or girls, using the "it's just too big a reach for me." Right. Immediately. Yeah. They'll try one time and then go straight to that. Yeah. So and and the reason I wanted to talk about it is not just because I saw you and you're little, you know, <laughs> so because, stressed out. <laughs> well, we you know we climbed together a yeah. little on specifically on the Golden Harvest Boulder mm-hmm. on Golden Shower, and you and my fiance were both trying it, and and I was really surprised to see you stick the move because it's a giant move. I was surprised too. <laughs> yeah, but and I thought it was really amazing that you just went in and went at it. And I didn't hear a single time you say something like, oh, that moves so much easier for you. Right. Talking to someone taller or, you know, any of the guys that were working on the problem at the time. Yeah. And and I know that you've climbed harder boulders than that. Yeah. So I think it's really cool to approach something at a lower grade, still go hard on it and not just say, I'm just going to ignore that one because it's a reach EV5 and I've climbed way harder than that. Yeah. Um, I think something that's really helped me is my boyfriend, Nick, is huge. Yeah. He's six one He's and long. has a plus yeah. four ape index, you know? Yep. And him being such a different height and climbing with him so much, um, 
has if i if i approached everything by watching him climb it and how much easier it is for him and or just like approached it by thinking how much easier it is for him sure, because sure. he's tall like i said i'd have a bad time climbing and be mm-hmm. frustrated all the time you know and he like he like has helped me a lot with my with my attitude i think and just as i've climbed more and more and um gotten stronger i've realized that it's like you're om- like 99% of the time you're not too short to do a move you're just not strong enough sure and you can't get taller but you can always get stronger right and that or was, you're not doing it correctly right or you're not applying enough power or something yeah you're just not trying hard enough you haven't quite figured out the right beta you right. know and that was something that um i really realized this fall specifically i mean i've i've definitely had times and attitudes where i'm like i'm too short to do this move like it's so easy for everybody else and i'm so short and i can't reach it and my arms are short and yada yada yeah and i had a hard time this fall for sure being at the new you know i went through a whole series of like anxieties and like mental fatigue and feeling like i was weak and feeling like i was short and i got called out on my attitude and I really like started approaching it differently. Did, you know? Nick, did Nick call you out or did oh, someone yeah. else? Okay. Yeah. He Good definitely job, called me out. He was like, God, you're terrible to be around. Like your attitude's so bad. And, you know, it was the first time that I'd really ever experienced in my climbing career this fall, like being shut down, like yeah. really being shut down by roots that I'd picked to project. Um, but anyways, to backtrack a little bit. So I tried the golden shower boulder, which is V5. It's like half as hard as other boulders that I've climbed. You right, know? And right. um, last year, tried it a little bit, just kind of messing around. Couldn't really stick that move and was like, eh, you know, whatever. We only went to Rocktown one day. I felt like I was too short to make the span. You right, know, like sure. I was like slapping at it, slapping at it, couldn't grab it. Um, that that like one big move. And then this year, I'm obviously... A little stronger than I was last year. Yeah, and you're not any taller. And I'm not any taller, you know. <laughs> and I'm older, you know. You might even be getting shorter. I might since even be you're getting so shorter. I know at this point, so <laughs> shrinking right away. Um, but you know, it's like that move was not really that hard for me this year, and I did the boulder, and yeah. and that happened with a lot of roots at the new this year as well. Um, I didn't climb roots of the same grade as I did the last time I was there, so I didn't you know, climb any 513s this year. Right. But there's a difference between achievement and fulfillment, if that makes sense. For you know? sure. Which yeah. I had to like, was a little bit of a hard lesson to learn. I've been, and this sounds bratty, but I've been used to like picking projects and doing them. And sure. Picking projects and doing them. And I've never like really experienced a full season where I haven't, picked a project and just sent it you yeah, know, after yeah. trying it for a while at least. But this, this year I got shut down and it's because I was trying roots that were really hard for me. Were Doug Reed roots, you know, yeah, yeah. like amazing. That have beautiful. reaches the length oh, of your body. Yeah, yeah. Huge, you know, but I also found that roots that I couldn't do the last time I was there that were like in the mid five twelve range that felt impossible too reachy too long we're now 
totally doable. And I did all those routes. Yeah. Like lock offs. Awesome. Yeah. You know, like lock offs I couldn't do where I was like, oh, this feels insane. We're no problem this time. So it's like, I just really learned that lesson this season. Yeah. For sure. Do you attribute all of that to the attitude or, and, and a little to getting just generally stronger? I think it's, I think it's both, you know, yeah. like I, experienced a lot of disappointment in a way that I in myself that I haven't really experienced before um I think because I was picking roots that were really hard for me yeah you know that's a tough that's a tough thing to do um especially when you're used to sending things yeah and, for sure you know I went through the a similar thing in the red this season yeah I, I've climbed in the red you know my whole climbing career so I didn't want to go there and just do the endurancey stuff so Instead, I kind of made my last hurrah in the red a season of getting on the things that I had avoided or I had tried and deemed impossible for my height yeah. or whatever. Totally. And it was super fun to learn to to get better at jumping and to get better at super bouldery starts and things that just aren't my style. Yeah, for sure. So, and I didn't climb anything even close to my hardest grade. Yeah, but I climbed some things that I had called impossible before. Exactly. So, yeah. And that feels really good. Yeah, it's super cool. You know, it feels really good to do that. And it's important to strip ego sometimes, you know, like yep. everybody likes to talk about how grades don't matter, but we all know that, you well, know, like, they absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's how you mark your progression. Yeah. Unless you're some kind of Buddha, I, I don't think you can. Yeah. ignore them entirely totally you know you don't have to let them rule what you do but totally but they're gonna make a difference yeah it does <clears throat> make a difference sometimes but when you are able to like try something that's just hard for you regardless of the mm -hmm. grade and feel as proud of doing that as you do of doing something that has higher points you know it's yeah. it's important no that's huge it feels good so before i, I definitely want to move into kind of talking about the ego behind it and all mm -hmm. that, but are there physical techniques, things that you go to often because you're short? Um, yeah, I think most short people would agree that high foot lock off is like, maybe that's just the new, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, well, here, here's why I ask mm -hmm. because I think there are lots of short guys and girls that, want to climb harder mm -hmm. but go to that i'm too short excuse pretty quickly yeah and i think if there are things that they can say okay this is what some of the strong short folks use uh these are the techniques they get they got good at because they're short then right. maybe they can work on those things a little bit and and use those to gain some hope yeah you know? for sure i mean i think i bust out all the tricks all the time, you know, especially... Talk to me about all the tricks. <laughs> uh, the new definitely taught me how to do high foot lock off, like how to lock off so hard that you're mantling. You're not pulling right. anymore, you're pushing. With your foot like at the level of your head. Right, exactly. The same level as your hand. Yeah, and your like, yep. <clears throat> hand is like locked off below your waist, you know. Yep. So turning like a lock off into a mantle, and that's something that I learned this fall specifically. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, heel hooks, toe hooks, knee bars, like as much as you can, any any finagling that 
I yep. can do, I I try to really do, you know. Um, yeah. It's helped me a lot. And climbing in Waco has helped me a lot with that for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Waco and the new are like the two most opposite styles of climbing, I feel like. And they've been the two most beneficial places I've ever, ever climbed. Cool. I'm, I suck at jumping, but I try... I've been try- I've been trying to get better at it. Well, I think it's when really you're five two with a negative ape index, you can only jump so far. That's true. Even but if you- you're great at jumping, it's still only so far. It's true. Yeah, but it so helps. it'll be easy to go to. I suck at jumping, even if you're pretty good at it. Yeah, I I still try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard for me. I don't even know if it's like. I mean, I'll never be able to do a V10 dyno, you know. Right, That's right. totally fine. I'm good with I'll that. I'll probably never be able to do a V10 dyno. You know what I mean? It's yeah. hard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I think, like, dead pointing is a really good skill to have, mm-hmm. like, as a smaller person. Because some people can just lock off or, like, just reach the holds. And when you're little, you just have to be able to be comfortable with, like, doing a dynamic move to a bad hold or from a bad hold. Yep. And I think it's important to, like, be able to get your body into this tiny little box like super high feet and learn how to explode out of that definitely because it's a that's a tough position to create momentum out of when you've got super high feet but i think it's a valuable skill for shorties to have it's so helpful i try to work on that yeah definitely it's just a practice thing really yeah plus jumping is fun it is totally it's super fun yeah so ego wise I i find it pretty interesting that you that nick called you out for having a bad attitude because (laughs) i had a bad attitude at first (laughs) because what i saw the first time we met last week Mm -hmm. was the best attitude i've ever seen from from a female strong boulder walking up to another group thanks i thought it was (laughs) i thought it was really cool how inclusive you were and how little ego there seemed to be yeah and i mean you just jumped right in you were stoked for everybody else and i know this is a common thing to say like oh they're so stoked for everyone else but it seemed so genuine Mm -hmm. even though you could see that when you get on the wall you're very fierce about what you're trying to do yeah like you're not backing down to make anyone else feel better nothing like that but then as soon as you're off the wall, you're you're helping push everyone else. Sure. And I didn't see the bad attitude. So I think that you've you must have made like total one eighty turnaround well, outwardly anyway. Okay, so my bad attitude that I was having at the new wasn't outward to everyone else okay just to yourself just to myself and you know he's my partner like in life and in climbing so he i feel like you your partners always bear the brunt of your you know whatever you have going on in your brain because um you like feel like you can expose yourself to them right so when i got to the new i'd taken six weeks off of climbing no climbing at all it was hot i was out of shape the climbing there's hard Mm-hmm. And I had these expectations for myself and for how I was going to feel. And they were, I was, I, you know, expectations versus reality was not the same. Right, right. So I was really frustrated. I was really frustrated with myself because I know how my body normally feels and has felt in the past when I feel good, when I feel fit, when I'm psyched. And I didn't feel that way. And that was 
like the first time that I'd really ever experienced trying to get back into shape outside without a gym and being that out of shape, period. I know six weeks doesn't seem like that long of a time, but I haven't been climbing for very long. So, mm-hmm. and, and like, if it gets in your head, then it's just compounded. Oh, dude, you know? it was crazy. I mean, <clears throat> I was so frustrated all the time with myself, and I definitely let it affect like my attitude at the at the crag. Not so much to like, not to everybody else, but it was all about my. I was so wrapped up in myself and my own head and my like disappointment in how I felt and how I was performing like just totally frustrated and that was what my bad attitude was you know just like cranky and irritated and like mad at myself for feeling weak you know um so that was what he'd call me out on he was like you're so down on yourself you always say you can't do something you're not trying hard at all you just give up like you're unpleasant to be around. You need to get it together, you know, which Mm -hmm. was something that I really needed to hear at the time and really tried to like, I mean, it's important to be called out on your, totally. It absolutely is. And good job to Nick for doing it. That's a a tough thing to do. I know it was really important for me to hear that. I really needed it for sure. And of course, like as the season went on, I felt better and better. And I mean, beyond that, I had such a good time there with everybody I was climbing with and it was an amazing yeah. season. And I think that's hugely so important that you can, even if you're failing on some of the things that you think you should be doing, yeah, if you can still have a good time and enjoy the people. Yeah. It was the best. I think ultimately it, it just propels you forward. It's, you know, definitely the numbers don't matter as much as whether you're enjoying it, having a good time doing it. N- yeah. I mean, it was as far as like sending stuff goes, I didn't red point my hardest roots, you know. Right, right. And but it was one of the most fun <clears throat> seasons I've ever had, including the time when I was frustrated and cranky and in a bad mood. And it's you a know? big learning experience. Huge to, to go through that. Huge. It was really important, um, you know. But I mean, as far as like being at the boulders goes, I'm psyched for everybody all the time. Like yeah. I want to see people yeah. succeed. You know. What well, seemed to me that you were. You were stoked for yourself, even when. Okay, let me let me paint the picture here. <laughs> you had you had stuck the giant sideways move, yeah, and then you climb up to the top out, and then I punted, and you punted <laughs> on the top out. It was so funny, but you were laughing, and it, yeah, it was funny. It was funny, and everyone yeah. else was like, "Uh oh!" And then everyone else thought it was funny because you thought it was funny. It was funny <laughs> so so you weren't being super hard on yourself in that yeah. situation or at least it didn't look like it was there some of that in there or was it just total fun to you like no oh, well i can do it definitely not i mean punting bouldering is funny it's like a funny to me i love it i love it so much <laughs> I'm so but glad it's, you said that <laughs> it's super funny you know like <laughs> yeah like you're just like wrestling around on these little pebbles and yeah it's like you can just walk off, walk down the back or walk yep, up the back yep. or whatever. And it's, it seems kind of hilarious. So throwing a serious wall, it takes a lot for me to throw a serious wobbler. I don't think I've ever had a wobbler that's like actually affected the rest of my day. You mm-hmm. know, bouldering, maybe a little more sport climbing because there's so many more moves. But no, I mean, I... I I try to have a good attitude. It's so fun. Bouldering's so fun. And when I'm climbing around people, 
it doesn't like matter how strong they are or how whatever whatever level of climbing they're at like i want people to have fun i like having fun you know bouldering's such a good time and i think it's important to like have a good vibe you know so are there situations where you've walked up and been either intimidated um or that you like situations that you recognize you're not in the best headspace um, and we don't have to name names or anything like by that. By people, those, you mean? But like, yeah, by people, people. Yeah, definitely not like just the size of a boulder or, yeah. or something like that. But I mean, there's always situations where there's like 40 people at a boulder and everybody's trying and it's it can be a lot, you know? Yeah. It's the same sport climbing. Like mm-hmm. when there's a ton of people around, it can definitely be stressful. But I think if there's a good dynamic going and people have a good attitude about the amount of people that are there, you can feed off of other people's energy. You know, people get psyched and then other people get psyched. And then it's just, that's like why people, why there's send trains. You know, somebody does it and somebody else is like, I want to do it. And then they do it. You know, there's a huge, I think, like mental dynamic that happens when people have a good attitude. And when there's a sour apple at the crag or a sour apple at a boulder, it's pretty weird and can be awkward and it's just not so are you aware that you're that you are bringing that dynamic like the good dynamic to the the group (laughs) no but i like hearing that that makes me feel good (laughs) no i think it's annalisa and i talked about it after we walked away um after we left golden shower that Mm -hmm. first day and then we talked about it again after lab rats yeah because both boulders had these giant moves you know, mm-hmm. and and there were other people climbing on the same boulder. And, you know, it's funny, Annalisa and I go through this where I don't have any trouble with her projects and watching Nick versus you on Lab Rats where the moves look fairly small to him. Yeah. And when you're on it, they look enormous. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny to see that situation. But in both in both cases, I felt like you showed up and there was a different dynamic, like a, a different, more exciting, go for it dynamic that that just happened. And it didn't just happen. It, it was you bringing that. So I'm curious <laughs> if you know you're bringing that. I I mean, definitely not. I don't think so. I don't no? think that's anything I've ever really considered. Okay. Particularly. But I really love climbing. And I think bouldering's really fun. And I haven't done it in a while. And the bouldering here is so good. And everybody that I'm with, like, I like climbing with. And I like meeting new people. And I'm just always, like, really excited to try a new new boulder. Or even, or whatever, try a project. Like, I just get super psyched yeah i know that sounds cheesy maybe but no i don't i don't think it's cheesy at all i think it i think it could be if it seemed not genuine yeah you know i hear some people say it and then they just go grumble yeah when they're at the boulders and there's a crowd or whatever but like i said before i didn't see that in your case so yeah i think that's That's a that's a real thing like you're out there having a great time trying super hard So, like, when I saw you fall off the top of Golden Shower, my first thought was, 
she was trying hard. Mm -hmm. And this is a good example of someone just not doing it, but knowing they can do it and not letting that upset them. Yeah. I don't think it's anything to be upset by. Yeah. But I, you know, I think I do see lots of climbers, especially women. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm totally generalizing here, but, but a lot of women take it as a more emotional thing than men do. Yeah. And I see a lot of women get really upset when they fall on something they don't think they should have fallen on. Yeah. I mean, by the same token, I see a lot of guys get upset. Oh, yeah. They throw fits for sure. Big old fits. Mm. I I think that women are probably more prone to actual crag tears. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've never seen a a guy cry at the crag they just become babies yes yeah like fits of baby rage (laughs) baby rage baby you know what i mean like gonna use that i don't i yeah it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing to have a bad attitude climbing i think um and that's why when nick called me out i was like oh no and like made a huge effort to like really correct it because nobody wants to be that guy or that girl, yeah. you know, and it's good to take it all in stride. And also what's the worst thing you have to try it again? You know, like if you fail, you try again and you're just getting stronger by trying it again. Like mm-hmm. the more moves you do, totally. the stronger you get. Right. That's like a basic understanding of physical fitness. Like the more you try, the more muscle you're going to end up building. Sure. You know, the stronger you're going to get like mentally and physically. Yeah. So it's like, I never have had a problem having to try something again in project. You know? Are there routes or boulders that have brought you to tears? Um, no, I have not cried on a rock climb in my climbing career. <laughs> Thankfully I have had personal non rock climbing related issues at the crag before. Gotcha. But not yep. related to not the related act- to the climb. No, yep. you know, like you get into a fight or whatever and it's the wrong time, the wrong place for sure. But okay, no, I've never, I've, I don't, I've actually never really cried rock climbing before. Yeah. I think that, you know, again, right back to your attitude, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's just a healthy way to approach climbing and yeah. I was stoked to see it happen. You yeah. Know? I knew your name before you walked up. Uh, thanks social media. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm sure I was a little creepy, like, you're Marina. No, not at all. I knew but, you were. I knew that you worked with, like, Nate Drillet and stuff, so. Yeah, and I just thought it was cool to see that that happen. You know, yeah. Do you prefer to climb with guys or with girls? Um, I don't think that I've ever really had a particular preference. It is awesome to climb with women, um, mostly because just size you can share beta and like feed off of each other and it's fun to hang out with your girlfriends climbing and i was really lucky this fall at the new to climb exclusively with women like a bunch of yeah, really there's cool, a cool group of girls there. oh my god fayetteville has the best crew of girls and they're all so inspiring and so encouraging and there was very little cattiness or competitiveness between yeah. the girls there and it was great and i've actually never experienced having that many 
women climbing partners and it was awesome it was super there's inspiring. some good trash talk with the women in Fayetteville too. oh yeah not cattiness just trash just talk. trash talk yeah a lot of it it's good yeah I love it yeah yeah shout out Jessa and Lydia and the best the whole crew <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it was so fun <laughs> yeah climbing with with them was amazing um but I like climbing with whoever you know just friends yeah so when you are climbing with guys is there mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's that like in your head when it's just you and a bunch of dudes, which I'm sure you get into that situation quite a bit when you're climbing on harder boulders or harder routes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I Nick is like my primary climbing partner, yep. you know. Um, and, but, Nick's, and Nick's strong. So, yeah, he's way strong. Yeah, so you guys really are, strong. you know, in at problems or at routes that mm-hmm. are hard and – and I know occasionally there are women there. Mm-hmm. And not that women are lesser climbers. There are just fewer women out there climbing hard routes than there are men. Yeah, it's you know? true. Um, luckily, I've like... And, and I lived in Colorado for a little while, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of strong women out there. Yeah, no doubt. There's a lot. And the first season when I went to Waco a couple years ago, there weren't that many girls around. There was a significant there's a lot less women. Um, so I was climbing with mostly dudes, but it was fun. I mean, I feel like everybody's just psyched to go bouldering, you know, and you kind of, I, it's like, that's a thing that I never really contemplate or notice is like the dynamic of women to men, you know, yeah, ratio yeah. really. I just never really ever, ever really considered it. Um, everybody's kind of always been stronger than me that I've climbed with. So it's not, it's kind of a good place to be. Yeah, it's like sweet. It's, it's super inspiring. Yeah, and it's such a cool place to be able to learn things. You know, so if many you, things. If you get caught being the the big fish in your own little bowl, it's yeah, you're not going to go very far. No, it's always inspiring to climb with people who are stronger than you. You know, but that's also what's cool. What was cool about Waco is that there was a whole range of abilities. You know, that would all go climbing together. So there'd people be people who climb, you know, double digits, and there'd be people who climb like V three yeah you know yeah and everybody would go climbing together and nobody had an ego really you know about it um yeah i don't know climbing with girls is cool though because you can really share beta like short person beta is a real thing so it's super helpful i think that's important and sharing beta is another thing i thought you know and i'm here i am showering you with compliments or something but (laughs) But something else I thought was really cool, and I'm, you know, I'm an observer. It's what I do mm-hmm. when I'm at the crag or at the boulders or whatever. Sure. And watching you on Golden Shower, mm-hmm. sharing your beta with other people, and then watching you on Lab Rats when another girl there, your size, had done the move, and yeah. as soon as she did it, you were immediately like, "How did you do that? Show me how you did that." Yeah. Like it wasn't like. Oh, she did the move. I'm going to walk away now. It was, it was, man, let's, let's share this beta. How the hell did you do that? Yeah, totally. It was really cool to watch because I think guys in particular tend to kind of posture and, you know, especially like in the V5 range. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, not to, sorry guys, but it's true. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of posturing and a lot of like flexing. And if another guy does the move that everyone's trying, the guys will often find a reason not to try the boulder again. Is you know? that true? That's it's totally weird. True. I see it all the time. 
I don't know. Not, you know, not every day, but I do see it pretty often. Yeah, that's bizarre. And I thought it was cool that you were immediately like, show me how you did that. I no, I, I was impressed. She's super strong and yeah. we were the same size. And if I see somebody that's my height, like doing a move that I can't do, I'm impressed and want to know like what they did to see if that's something that could be feasible for me, you know? Um, and I think it's cool to share beta. Like I do too. I try I not to spray at people or whatever. Yeah, nobody yeah. Want, nobody likes like a, a beta spray. Right. Load, but, right. Yeah. There um, was a guy sitting on top of bum boy the other week at horse pins <laughs> telling everyone where to put their fingers. Yeah. It's like, grab it here, grab it here. No, no, grab it right here. I don't know if you've ever like, climbed a oh rifle, but it's crazy. Only there. a few days. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. It can be intense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's like part of the, part of the community, you know, just being yeah. able to share beta and, and it's cool to share it with strong women. And I'm always impressed when I see a girl that's small, just crushing stuff. It's inspiring. Yeah, Katie's super strong. So. She's so strong. It, it was, was cool really to cool. watch the two of you climb together. Yeah, I really enjoyed climbing with her. Like I found her really inspiring. It was yeah. sweet. Cool. Yeah. So you're a tattoo artist. Yes. Are you still working currently while you're on the road? I am. Um, I'm climbing a little more than I'm working. So uh, when I was at the new, I worked in Richmond at the shop that I worked at when I lived there mm -hmm. a bunch. Um, every couple weeks would go back. And when we're in Waco, I'm going to be doing the Austin convention. And then I'll go to um, Utah for a few days and work at Cathedral Tattoo, which is a shop I've worked at a bunch. And Cool. Yeah, just kind of like going to shops that are kind of in this general vicinity of where I'm going to be climbing. So is that like a thing in the tattoo world to be able to bounce from shop to shop? And I mean, is that common for other tattooists? Um, It can be doing guest spots is pretty common. Um, mm. Most people have a home base, a shop that they work at all the time and then they'll travel for work as well um, and do guest, guest spots in other places. It's not super common for people to be full-time on the road without a home-based shop, um, right. but it definitely happens. It's one of those careers where if you've been lucky enough to make a, a full career out of it, you get to travel as much as you want pretty much, you know? Yeah, I it think that's, be. I, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. You know, I would just assume you would have to have a shop that you were set up in and that's that's where you stayed. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, um, more lucrative if that's the case. You know, you build up a home-based clientele and you stay really busy at your shop once, you know, the longer you've been somewhere, the busier you are pretty much. Yeah. But you can definitely, if you can work it, it's possible to work it out to be on the road pretty much full-time. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see how, you know, people, climbers make this road lifestyle work. It is. Know, with their careers. I'm just yeah. I'm just entering this, you know, be able to work from wherever mm -hmm. life. So <clears throat> I'm always seeing really other curious. careers do it is cool. Yeah. I'm always really curious too to see what people do to yeah. sustain this kind of lifestyle. I'm really, really, really lucky. So lucky, um, with my job and the freedoms that it affords me, you know. Mm -hmm. But I I mean that being said, I worked from when I was 18 till I was 28, a lot, you know, I worked 
a lot. I worked really, really hard to be able to get to where I am. Um, it took me a long time, a really long time. Um, yeah. Okay. And there are a bunch of Christmas carolers walking by, which no, is I know. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> I haven't seen Christmas carolers since I was a kid. I don't think I've ever seen them. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> They don't have Christmas carolers all over New York? No. No, they don't. <laughs> so before we wrap up. Yes. I was curious if you wanted, if you had any Waco goals. Like is there, do you set goals or do you just go, go climb and make little projects? Or, yeah. You don't have to put them out in the open. I'm just um, curious if there are goals there. Well, the first year I went, I had no goals and I had a really great season. It mm-hmm. was really exciting and then the second year i went i had a goal uh, a boulder that i really wanted to do that i'd seen every day walking up the chains um and then i did it really fast and i was really sad about yeah. it yeah sad why i just had anticipated having a relationship with this boulder and having right. it be this project um and then it wasn't, and I was psyched to have done the boulder because it's one of the best boulder problems I've ever climbed for sure, but just had all these, like, doubts and questions and, like, wondering and just I thought that it was going to be something way more involved than it was, and it was weird for me. So this year, um, I don't know. I mean, I made a list of boulders that I'm psyched to try, and uh, I'm just going to try them. I guess. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I like that you called it a relationship. It I you know, projects can become that sometimes. Yeah. And you for do sure. you look for that? Like when, you, when you're I thinking do. of a goal, do you go out and look for something you wanna get into a relationship with? I think a lot of the time I do. I like trying things that are hard, you know. I like trying things that seem so hard that they might not be feasible, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like like learning everything about a boulder or a root and knowing every little bit of micro beta and having that like flow, knowing something so well where you don't have to think about it anymore and think about yeah. what you're doing. And it's just like a pure physical performance. It's really cool. And I really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, I think I like picking, picking projects that I'm hoping to have that kind of, yeah, you I know. really like that intimacy as well. It's amazing. And, you know, I was an, I came up kind of as an onsider, mm-hmm. and I really love it still. Yeah, and I really value my my hardest onsites, but but there's something about that getting intimate with you know all the little micro betas of of a project that that I think the people who are like. I don't ever try a route more than three times. No know? way. I think they're totally missing out. I think they are too. It's amazing to learn something and know something so well, you know, and yeah. you like have all this emotional investment in it, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, there's a fine line. Oh, yeah, be- totally. <laughs> between totally. driving can, yourself crazy with something. but Yeah, I can definitely make you insane. For sure. But it's amazing to have that and love, like love a rock climb so much that you have that with it and those are my favorite rock climbs that i've done you know the ones that have been like the like the most struggle yeah and you know what i think is super interesting and i hadn't really thought of this until just now Mm -hmm. but routes that i've become super intimate with 
compared to boulders that I've done the same on, and mm-hmm. I've only done it a, a couple of times with boulders, because I'm still fairly new to trying hard mm-hmm. bouldering, but I think I get dialed in even more to the boulder. Like the, and maybe that means I'm not picking hard enough routes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do them faster than it, or maybe I'm not delving into the, you know, intricacies of the route enough. Um, I don't know. But when I look at the boulders, there's so much more little positioning micro beta involved than on a route that I've become intimate with. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that's because boulders are the most condensed form yeah. of climbing, right? Yep. So on a route, there's always some fluff, you know? Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, it, they can be like cool sections that are going to be easier than sure. the crux, you know? Yep. And the crux of a route is always, is usually a boulder problem, you yep. know? So if you take that out, it's like the most condensed try hard you'll have, you know? And I think there's a lack of flow on a boulder that roots really yeah. have, you yep. know? Yep. And it's, I love root climbing. It's amazing. And it's cool to really be in that like constant movement for 80, a hundred feet or whatever. And clipping yep. chains is so cool. And like getting through the crux is so cool. And that relief that you have. Um, but boulder problems are short and hard and, you know, it's that's like that's the hardest you're ever going to be trying physically is on a boulder problem, yeah, not no on doubt. a route, you know. No doubt, and that's hard to learn. Yeah, it is. It helps, I think. Like learning how to project boulders helps, I think, with learning how to project roots big time. I agree totally. It helped me a lot. Yeah, I think it can be more frustrating on a boulder almost. <laughs> it seems sillier, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I was just in the, actually in the shower today. I was thinking of, about Golden Harvest because it's so much fun to climb on Mm -hmm. but it's so frustrating to just fall off the third move of a boulder yeah and and i kept going back and forth in my head is it fun is it frustrating i'm not really sure and i'm just gonna have to go with frustrating yes that's the best thing i can come up with definitely you know it's it's infuriating when you can't find the little subtle tweaks that make something work yeah um and I feel like I find those much faster on a route. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but it's so much fun to keep trying those little tweaks. It's really fun. And uh, I think that it helps you um, really understand your body, you know, because bouldering, because it's so condensed and because it's your maximum effort that you're, that you're, using um you really learn like subtle body positions and like where you're strong and where you're weak whereas on a route i feel like you're never like the boulder problem's never going to be a hundred percent of your maximum effort it's going to be like 70 or something you know because there's all the endurance that's involved in all the climbing before and all the climbing after a lot of the time so projecting on boulders well it seems ridiculous you're blowing (laughs) off of a whole like three inches off the ground you know and you like fall and you're spectacular just, three inch falls. yeah it's so yeah. silly you know um it can seem really silly and really ridiculous and you're only ever doing three moves at a time but i think there's a lot to be learned from it as far as totally. applying it to root climbing 
yeah. definitely. And speaking me. of knowing your body well, because you and Nick are such you know disparate sizes, mm-hmm. can Nick give you beta? Mm. Because he obviously understands climbing, he understands movement. Pretty yeah, well. I'm just curious if he can give you beta. We almost never do moves the same. There's actually one route in rifle that we did the same. Well, even if you're not almost doing it the same. same way, can he, is he, it possible for him to say, oh, did you try this? This might work. Yeah, definitely. He coached for a long time. Okay. He coached um, a team in Richmond for peak experiences. And so I think coaching kids is pretty, I mean, you learn a lot, you know, of how to understand body movement, especially yeah, for people that are totally. smaller, because I'm pretty much child-sized, you know, not that far <laughs> off. So That's what we're going to call this podcast. Child-sized. child-sized. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he mm. he definitely has a lot of, he, he can give me a lot of insight, you know. Yeah, and I think people who understand movement can do that somewhat, yeah, but I see, a lot of, I see a lot of taller people trying to give beta when something's not working for someone shorter, and it's I've, I've actually seen a, a good friend of mine, who's also a good friend of yours, was getting sprayed beta by a much taller guy. And <laughs> I finally, can imagine. <laughs> finally, she just turned around and said, you cannot give me beta. <laughs> so, and that's, that's the experience that's in my head right now. But I yeah. see it happen so often. I was just curious if you you can even accept beta from elsewhere i mean i'll i feel like i'll try anything once yeah, you know yeah. as far as that goes and sometimes somebody you know regardless of size can see something that might help like a hip turn a back step you know like a lack of power a lack of push you know like yeah, a hole yeah. that might be an intermediate that i just haven't noticed um but yeah also sometimes tell people just be like well just do it like this and it's like i can't do it that way we're not the same size like you know yep totally yeah okay well cool um i think that's about all i need cool so i appreciate you sitting down with me and driving all the way over here and eating chocolate with us yeah thanks so much for having me and for the tea yeah no problem all right i'll see you out at the boulders cool yeah see ya thanks marina thanks like i mentioned i I had the privilege of climbing with Marina quite a bit after this conversation in Waco. And um, one of my best days climbing there actually was in the little hole where Choir Boys is with Marina and Nate and Annalisa and the whole girl crew that Marina was kind of uh, the head gangster of. And uh, we back-to-back sent choir boys low which is a it's got some gigantic moves and marina just housed it because that's what marina does and um she's just super super positive super fun to be around doesn't doesn't throw the little wobblers because she's too short doesn't make the excuse i never never once heard it um and you know just to back that up i would like to you know the the thing that i read earlier was from this past summer and then just recently uh, in November actually uh, she followed up that post on Facebook with another post a little more in depth and I wanted to read that as well she says 
At the new, in all of its featureless, blank, striking glory, routes established by very tall men like Doug Reed are notorious for being exponentially harder, if not impossible, for people like me. But what I continue to learn every season here is that 99 out of 100 times they are not. You just have to be willing to break the beta. You have to be willing to lock off so hard you're mantling, to grab a weirder, worse hold, to stretch your hips religiously to get the high foot, and then sit on that foot so you can reach as far as you need. You have to be willing to accept that if you can't do it, you are too weak. But maybe next year you won't be. Of course there are exceptions. I'm sure there are really moves out there that are so heinously far away with zero options for inventive beta that would require V10 effort on a 5.11 if you're under 5.6. But I digress. Last year I felt I was too short to do dial 911. I felt like I had no business being on it after having spent a bunch of days failing to ever even execute the moves at the top off the hang. But when it comes down to it, dial was no harder for me than it is for someone who's taller. It took me longer to figure it out, perhaps, because my way was unconventional. No one had a suggestion for me as to how to do that lock-off move, because no one I knew had ever done it in any other way. But my shitty foot beta went, and I did a route that was a total pipe dream 365 days ago. I didn't get taller. I got stronger, more fit. I got more inventive, and more determined. In conclusion, being short is a poor excuse for failure, at least for me. Thanks for that, Marina. I think, I think all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm not short. Um, maybe I am. I don't know. But regardless, you know, there are times when I'm like, that move's too big, and I walk away from it. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. I think we can learn from these things, use them as opportunities. And I think Marina really embodies that and exhibits it at every opportunity. So thanks for sitting down with me, Marina. I know this took forever to get out, but it's kind of fun listening back to those conversations from a year ago. And for you guys, if you want to know where to find Marina, if you want to check out her tattoos, if you want to get a tattoo from her, you can find her at marinanoue.com. That's M-A-R-I-N-A-I-N-O-U-E.com. She's got all her traveling dates on there, so go check her out. And uh, like I mentioned before, Performance Climbing Coach coming to Columbia, Maryland, April 6th to 8th. You can save 100 bucks if you register at performanceclimbingcoach.com before February 22nd. And sign up for our newsletter. You can do that right there in your show notes. You can do it at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find me on the Instagram. You can find me on the Facebook. You will not, however, ever find me on the Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.
is time to build.